0: I'd like a, a petite filet mignon, very lean. Not so lean that it lacks flavor, but not so fat that it leaves drippings on the plate. And I don't want it cooked just lightly, seared on either side, pink in the middle. Not a true pink, but not a mauve either. Something in between. <laughs> Bearing in mind the slightest error either way, and it's ruined.
1: Okay. That's, that's from Fraser. That's Niles. And he certainly is a perfectionist any if you go in either direction it's ruined and do you have a touch of perfectionism? Uh, you might be trying to get a paper done or a report done, and you just spend so much time preparing it perfectly that you need you leave no time at all to write it. Uh, maybe you're having company over and you're cleaning the house. You're dusting. You're doing everything in the house, and you're fussing over the table. And you don't need leave enough time for yourself to cook the meal properly. What is perfectionism? And And do you have a touch of it? Joining me now uh, to shine some light on perfectionism is Jean Maroney, the president of Thinking Directions. Jean teaches professionals how to solve problems faster, how to make better decisions, and how to get projects finished by teaching them how to use targeted thinking to make better use of what they already know. Welcome, Jean.
0: Thank you for having me, Ellen. So I've always thought I've had a touch
1: of perfectionism. What is it?
0: Well, perfectionism is a syndrome when you you seek high quality as an out-of-context absolute. So Niles wants this filet mignon done at a certain way, you know, price no object. He, he's, he's willing to throw it away as completely ruined unless it comes out just right.
1: Right, mauve. And, <laughs>
0: Right, Ma. Well, right, exactly. And when we set out to do this, if you if you set out to have the house be perfect before the dinner party, if you get too out of context on making the house perfect, you can you can actually lose sight of the priorities. You can lose sight of whether clean is clean enough, and it means that you actually can't per- pursue your other goals. You never get the meal cooked.
1: Oh, right, and or you don't take into account how much uh, time or cost is involved. I mean, the cost can be an emotional cost. I know many times when I say I've had a touch of it, I will rob myself of sleep way too often because I'm so involved or enthused or excited or I see another angle to something and I have to have it. And you gave me a very good skill once, which is just two words, scaling back and right. that's guided me much i when i use that it's very helpful so does that when when you talk about perfectionism will you differentiate that from perfection because many right. people say just don't be perfect then don't worry about it
0: right i think perfectionism is a very misunderstood problem because people often say well just lower your standards but that's not what the actual issue is because y- you don't want to have the solution to be a, to a problem be uh you know become Uh, to to lower your standards, having high standards is a good thing, but you do have to choose what standards you're going to use in different situations. Um, My husband, Harry Binswanger, wrote an article on perfection, and he gave a wonderful definition of what perfection is. He says it's flawlessly complete satisfaction of a standard of value. Have you got that? It's flawlessly complete satisfaction of some standard of value. So, for example, a clean house for a party might be that the floors are vacuumed the bathrooms have been touched up and there and the rooms have been dusted and you have now, toilet paper <laughs> and there's toilet paper in the bathroom right. and that would be the standard that you would set if those things are done the house is perfect qua cleanliness now yeah. you know there might be for spring cleaning you'd have a higher standard and it might include vacuuming the drapes and maybe dusting the ceiling. Right. But that's not the standard that you would set for a dinner party. And it's important to have the idea that you set a standard, and then when you meet it, you're perfect. Right. And, and that objectivity about how high you need to go to be perfect really gives makes it a reward and a benefit to have standards instead of, a whip, and a curse to have standards.
1: Right, and I think, it wasn't it Ayn Rand who said that uh, perfect is the best of what's reasonably possible or what's
0: possible. Well, I, I don't know if she said that. I'm not familiar with that particular quote. I think it's important not to put possible in there because it is possible to make the house cleaner oh, that is the, true. the dinner. Right,
1: right, right. Instead, reasonable. What
0: you need you need an objective standard of what is really a, proper standard for this, and you set that standard, and then you meet that, and you set that objectively, and you can change that. For example, if it's a last-minute dinner party, it may be that only the bathrooms get a quick check,
1: right? Right, right. That's um, a very good example.
0: Well, it's your example. Thank you for providing. <laughs> oh, well, you're, you're
1: elaborating. Uh, <laughs> right. So what what thinking skills do any of us need to overcome Perfectionism.
0: Well, I think there are two kinds of skills that you need. One of them is on the cognitive side. You need to be able to think about, uh, think about quality in terms of standards that you set. And if you really want something to be high quality, think in terms of having a version that you improve. You know, a lot of times people treat, for example, in writing an essay, that was the other thing that you had, It's like the first thing that comes out has to be perfect, and that's too hard. To get the first time you do something to be a very top-notch result is actually very difficult. It's much easier to get, say, a draft written and then improve it. And in fact, if you look in business, all high-quality items are achieved through a process of quality control where they look and see what the defects are and then fix the biggest problem.
1: And then go back and fix the yeah. next one and then go and, back.
0: And it's an iterative process. And the re- the way that you get a very high-quality result is by doing something multiple times and each time making it better. And I think recognizing that gives you a lot more realism about what is a standard you should set.
1: And that's much easier on your mind, too. Now, you, the second type, you, is that the emotional baggage?
0: Yes, I think that a lot of times perfectionism is caused by some kind of emotional baggage. And what kind of yeah.
1: Yeah, what would be three examples of that?
0: Well, it's it's any kind of self defeating belief you have, it could be some kind of second handedness like other people are gonna judge me poorly if my house isn't perfectly clean. It could be some kind of selflessness like well like I don't deserve to sleep if this isn't going to be perfect. Um or it could be some kind of emotionalism. Like I can't be happy unless I have, uh, say, a an eighteen course meal for the dinner, and if you put your emotions or other people's views or um, uh, things other than yourself above your, you know, living your life, you can get yourself into big trouble, and it distorts it distorts your decisions about where you should spend your time.
1: So, with the emotional part. Uh, you want to be able to analyze your emotions, not just go like Niles just has to have this perfect yeah. steak. He needs yeah. to be able to look at what's behind that drive to have that steak just so. That was crazy, that filet mignon.
0: Yeah, um, what does it mean to him?
1: Right, right. and mm-hmm. it might bring him back into childhood. It might you know, it, some. It could.
0: Right? It's a process of self analysis to figure right. out why it's so do or die to have that as opposed to set a standard that is doable and reasonable in the time available.
1: Right. And if people want more information on selflessness or second-handedness or many, many, many topics, I highly recommend going to Jean Maroney's website, your website. Can you give your website and contact information, Jean?
0: I'd be delighted to, and just just to make sure it's it's how to avoid selflessness and second-handedness. And the site is thinkingdirections.com. And you can email me at jm at thinkingdirections.com. I have a free email newsletter. You'd be welcome to sign up. And I have uh, some articles and things there that may be of some use to you.
1: Highly, highly recommended. Thank you so much for joining us today, Jean.
0: Thanks for having me, Ellen.
1: And this is Dr. Ellen Kenner on the Rational Basis of Happiness. I need to feel important. Instead, I'm living in the shadows of her life. Her family and friends are everything. I feel invisible. I thought my husband's love would be enough to help him get over my affairs. Why can't he just forgive and forget? What does he think he is? Perfect? He's so selfish. How many lose themselves in a romantic relationship, feeling unimportant, taken for granted? Or perhaps they lie or cheat and think their partner should forgive and forget? I am Dr. Ellen Kenner, clinical psychologist and co-author with Dr. Edwin Locke of The Romance Guidebook, The